Thanks for checking out the Bridge Podcast. It's not a mistake you found us. We pray God speaks to you today. Check us out Sundays at 10.30 a.m. For more information, go to sfbridge.org. Bridge Church Online, man, and the crowd goes, ah, yeah, woo, it's excited. Dude, I tell you what, I'm so sick of preaching to a camera. I miss your face. I miss us worshiping together, experiencing life together, and so I want to talk about the state of the church address this morning. So I'm going to pray, and then we're going to dive in this morning. So if you have a Bible, you're going to want a Bible, because later on we're going to go to the book of 1 Kings chapter 17. So if you can get there somehow, that'd be great. If you're watching on a device, uh, grab a paper Bible. They still work just as well as a Bible electronically. Pray with me. God, I thank you for who you are, and I just ask right now, Lord, that you would be with us today and for the rest of this week. God, have your way. Lord, we pray in the name of Jesus that you just lead us and you guide us this morning. In your name, amen. Amen. Hey, uh, how many of you... Have ever gone geocaching before? You know, have you ever done that? Do you know what that is? That's where you take a GPS and you go out and you search something that you don't know where it's at and you find a box and sometimes you take something out and sometimes you put something back. And Heather and I, one of the dates that we did a long time ago was a geocaching date and we loved it. Then we did that with our kids and you go out and you, and you put in the coordinates, uh, latitude, longitude, and you go and you try to find this thing and it's really fun. What's really interesting though is it's easier to work together as a team than trying to do it by yourself because sometimes the geocache is hidden up high in a tree or it's by a riverbank or other times it's you know it's buried underneath something we found some even in a culvert taped underneath and uh, it's fun to do as a family and one of the things uh, for us when you geocache you don't have like a map of where they're at in fact you can't even see where you're going but you have coordinates of how to get there. And so you have to kind of figure out how to get to eventually where you're supposed to be. And what I want to ask you this morning is to keep, keep with me and know that this morning what we're talking about is the fact that right now we don't have the comfort of a map of where we're going as a church. We have comfort in the one who holds the map. And so we have to realize that God has our best, even when we don't know exactly how this is all going to play out, how this is all going to plan out, but God already sees it, and He sees you. You know, one of the questions that's been asked is, Pastor Chris, Pastor Derek, when are we going to be back together all again? And our answer is truly, we don't know. You know, this week I'm meeting with one of our state representatives to talk about when that is and what that looks like. You know, when we get back, we don't know. Are we going to have to have hand sanitizer stations? Do we have to wear a mask? Do we have to put chairs apart? Do we have to go to multiple services because we can only have so many people? We don't know what the map looks like, but we know who holds the map. And so as we know details, we just want you to know that we're going to give those to you as soon as we have them. So anything that we know, you know, maybe it's kids ministry. If you're a kids ministry person, I love you and I miss you, man. Kids ministry, we want them to be the focus of our church. And so when it comes to kids ministry, we don't know if we're going to be able to have, you know, a nursery and a preschool and a K through five. We might have to break it into smaller chunks. We might have to have them in the sanctuary with us. We don't know. And so as it unravels, we're going to do our best to give you clarity of precisely what's happening. But right now, it's a little bit, and I was talking to David Wombelsdorf uh, from the Grid Church in Chicago, it's a little bit like we are building a bridge, uh, 
and we're walking on it at the same time because we know where we want to go. We just don't have a map, but we have to realize we know the creator who holds the map of where we're going this morning. You know, are we going to have to have plexiglass in front of, you know, me? Because I don't want to spit on you. Are we going to need plexiglass in front of our worship team? We don't know. The drummer, cool, they already have that. We got, we got them boxed in like an aquarium, so they're good to go. They can spit all they want, and they're not going to share their germs in there. Um, you know, when we geocached as a family, and I've tried to geocache by myself, it's a pain in the butt. But when you go as a team... It's way easier. And right now, you might not feel like a team because here I am preaching and you're sitting on your couch, you're in your jammies, you're hanging out. Some of you even told me you like watch this in the bathtub. That's just weird. Um, But here's what I want to say is that it takes a team. And right now, I need you more than ever before. What's crazy is in the Bible, there's one person that didn't need a team, didn't need to build a team, and yet he did. You see, here at the bridge... We're not asking you to fill a spot. In fact, we're not asking you to sign up to volunteer for anything right now. What we're asking you, I'll share in just a moment, is to be a part of what God is doing right now during this online streaming. What can you do? How can you be a part? Because maybe right now you're going, you know what, I feel a little bit isolated. Or maybe you're going, Pastor Chris, I don't feel like my gifts are being utilized at all. I tell you what, I'm not a tech guy. I'm a pastor. I don't feel like my gifts have been utilized either. And so we've got to figure out what to do as we move forward. Hence the state of the church address. I want you to know right now, please look at me and hear me right now. The state of our church is phenomenal. It's great. I, so many of you have stepped up in ways in, in giving. So many of you stepped up in ways in our community. So many have, of you have stepped up in prayer. And I just want to say thank you. That does not go unnoticed. And so please, please know that you're a huge part of that. And I want to say thank you, thank you, thank you. We're part of this team. Jesus, he could do all things. He didn't need anybody. Yet he still chose these 12 disciples to help him. In fact, he mentioned in the book of John that they would do greater things than he did. In fact, his disciples went on to heal people, to raise people from the dead, to cast out demons. They, they prayed. They were his friend. They did all this together even after Jesus wasn't in their midst but sent the, the Holy Spirit. You know, Matthew chapter 9, verse 38, and I have this on the screen for you. It says, ask the Lord of the harvest, ask the Lord of the harvest, therefore, to send out workers into his harvest field. That's what God's doing right now. God is answering our prayer in that week, in that way. So right now, I need you to be a part of this team like never before. Okay? Whether you're in your jammies or your tub or whether you're driving down the road or whether you're watching this later, I need you to be a part of this. I need you to step up. I need you to comment. I need you to like this. I need you to share this. I need you to reach out to your neighbors. I need you to be the church. We talk about every Sunday when we're together, we're not here to do church. We're here to be the church. Are you believing that and are you living that out? We have to right now. We don't have a choice. Okay? We need to not grow weary though and we need to not give up. Okay? Your gifts right now that God has given you are for such a time as this. And I know you're growing weary. I'm growing weary. Dude, I hate preaching to an empty room. I hate it. Derek hasn't laughed once at my jokes and he's here, okay? 
I need you to laugh, but you're not even here. So, you know, my family doesn't laugh at my jokes. Pastor Derek doesn't. You did, because they were still new to a lot of you. I miss that, man. All right? Hey, but I don't know how many of you are feeling what's called, they call it Zoom fatigue. Like you're tired of Zoom meetings. You're tired of online church. You're tired of staring at Netflix or Amazon Prime or, or Disney or CBS All Access or all the millions of different things that are out there right now. I think we're tired of it, man. You know, we went outside yesterday, my wife and I, and we went on a walk together. And I went to this place I've never heard of before by our house, less than, you know, about five miles away. And I thought, we're going to go there. There's going to be nobody there. I've never even heard of this place before. The parking lot was full. There were people everywhere because we're all tired of it. And people got out and they were enjoying nature. Six feet apart, of course. All right? Let me just give you a couple quick here uh, announcements. Uh, and before I do that, let me show you this, this last scripture. It's Galatians chapter 6, verse 9. And I'm asking you to hold on to this this morning. This is a scripture dear to my heart. Let us not become weary in doing good. Don't give up. For the, at the proper time, we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. Some of us, and I'll be honest, sometimes in my heart I'm going, I'm tired of this online church, I'm not a tech guy. We've had tech issues every single week at my house, which is why we're here right now. Some of you have wanted to give up. There's been those moments. I need you now like never before not to give up, not to give in, but to realize that God is faithful and he's holding you right now for such a time as this. I want to give you just a couple quick announcements and then I'm going to bring this message all together here in a moment. Um, First and foremost, I want to say a huge, huge welcome to everyone and anyone, especially to those who are joining us for the first time. Maybe somebody tagged you to watch. I hope people are tagging people to come and watch. Uh, I hope people are inviting you uh, to come and be a part of this. And I just want to say welcome to you and to everybody. We will have in the comment section a connect card. Please fill that out because we want to pray for you. We want to send you a gift. We just want you to know that we care for you. And so if you have the time to do that, we'd appreciate that. Second, uh, this last week and a half, we did a survey. We wanted to know what you thought about uh, you know, Sunday service, about the daily devotional, uh, you know, what everything was happening in our church, how we can better serve you in our community. And so thank you. We had a lot of responses. And so then uh, we chose this morning, we said we do it on May 3rd, two winners who filled out that survey. And so those two winners are, and you need to let me know that you hear this, and let me know if I don't hear from you, we're going to give it away to somebody else. And so here are the two winners. No, and you got to let me know by the end of today. Uh, first, we have Angela Willenbring. Woohoo! Yeah. All right. And then second, we have Megan Wallstrom. Woo! So, big, big thank you uh, to all of those who filled that out. It was a lot of helpful information. Uh, I don't have gift cards to give away to that anymore, but you can still fill out. There's a survey link uh, on Facebook, and uh, you can find that on my Facebook feed. Um, last thing I want to do is this, and I'm just going to talk about giving for a second. Uh, I just want to say a huge thank you. Uh, in fact, the month of April was our biggest April giving month ever. And that is a miracle to me. I stand humbled and in awe. But it says that we're a team, that we're doing this together. Um, we've been able to pay our staff. We've been able to keep the lights on at the church. We've been able to, um, you know, even fill the propane tank when need be and, and all of that. And so I just want to say a huge thank you. We believe in the tithe. That's 10%. And if you're a part of the church, we ask that if you're, if you're a part of the church. If you're a first-time guest joining us, we don't want you to feel pressure to give. However, 
we want to ask you and everybody else to ask this question that you've heard us say over and over in the church is ask God what he would have you to do. If God's asking you to do something, please obey him. We're going to pray for our offering. There will be in a link and you can either mail a check, you can drop it off at the church, or you can use the Give Plus app. That's what I use. It's super easy. Or you can go to sfbridge.org. Any of those ways are great ways to give right now. Let's pray. God, I thank you for each and every individual that's tuning in or hearing my voice this morning. Would you bless them in every single way, God? Lord, you don't always bless us financially, but you bless us with the things you know we need. In fact, your word says when we delight in you, you give us the desires of our hearts. So let us not grow weary in doing good, but continue to delight in you. And Lord, would you give us the desires of our heart because it's you who put the desires there in the first place. We pray in Jesus' name and everybody said together, Amen. Amen. Or at least, you know, me said it right here. Amen. Derek said it too. All right. So, hey, here's what we're going to do. We're going to continue to be a life-giving church. Shocker, I know, right? Okay. We are going to continue to reach people for Jesus. Shocker, right? I know, it's crazy. All right. We're going to constantly, every single day and every week, constantly survey our community and our school district to see what are the needs and are we giving them what they need. Okay, here we go. Remember this from Family Feud? Survey says, (laughs) there you go. Survey says that we are hitting the topics that you want. Every Sunday, the majority you said, keep on hitting the topics. They've been right on and spot on. We're trying to balance current events with biblical uh, relevance and tie that in together for your life so that it can be transformational. Um, You know, one of the things uh, is just, I want to say thank you too, is you've been gracious to us with the tech issues that we've had. So many of you have said, hey, we're with you, we got it, and so I hope today that it's clear and and sounds good for you because we want it to be the best experience um, for you. One thing that came out, uh, and probably one of the biggest things, and I want to give you kind of some, some pushback on this in the survey, is some people said, hey, we really want more worship on Sunday. And right now, today, I'm not going to be on guitar. It's just a church, uh, state of the church address. And, and here's one of the reasons why. Um, we did some other research as well, and we found out the average time that the majority of people, not just you, but this is all, all over America, that are spending on an online church service right now is three and a half minutes. So maybe you have it playing, but you're scrolling through. I don't know. Uh, maybe some of you are those faithful and it balances out. I just want to say thank you, though, to being gracious and staying with us. That's one reason. The other reason is, uh, based on the demographic of those who filled out the survey, those that did not are going, hey, uh, I just want the message. And so what we've done right now, and I'm not saying we'll keep it this way, but for those of you that are craving that worship time together, here's what I would ask you to do. Thursday night, Becca Saffron has been leading us in worship as a church from 6.30 to about 7 o'clock. Please join her. Sometimes what my wife and I do is we just turn that on. We sit in our living room and we worship together. Uh, We tried to do that on two separate phones, but one was delayed and one wasn't. So use one device. But do it together as a family. You know, worship that way right now. We will get back to worship Sunday. But what we're realizing is those who are not Christ followers, those we want to reach, they're not looking for a worship service on Sunday. They're looking for the word right now. And that's what we're going to give them because we want to meet people right where they need to be met. That's the why behind the what there. That's why we don't have a super long service. That's why it's 30 minutes this morning. Now, when we get back to church meeting together, don't you tell me, hey, we just wanted 30 minutes. 
This is why I don't use big churchy words. Thou pontification of the sanctified Holy Ghost, thou has redeemeth me into thine. What the heck is that? Yeah, Derek said amen. You know, he just got out of Bible college. He knows what all that means. I don't remember. That was 20 years ago. Let's just keep it real, man, and keep it simple. If we're really trying to reach people, let's use our words and simplify them, right? All right. So here's the deal. Um... For those of you who are Christians, I'm going to pick on you today greatly. I'm going to step on your toes. I'm going to make you feel a little bit uncomfortable, completely intentionally, because I love you and I want the best for you right now. Maybe you have this laziness Christian thing going on. Today it's time to get rid of that and we're going to step it up and I'm preaching to myself with you this morning. So, if you have your Bible, I told you a long time ago, we're going to go to 1 Kings chapter 17. All right? Now, to those of you who are Christians, you have it. For those of you who are not, we're going to put the words up on the screen every Sunday. And so you don't feel like you have to have a Bible. We're not going to condemn you if you don't. We don't even care where you came from or your history. You're welcome here to let God speak to you. And that's my prayer this morning. Now, for the Christian, if the only place you're picking up some spiritual groceries through the week is this time Sunday morning then you are spiritually anorexic right now. And I'm asking you to dive in, pray, read the word throughout the week. We're going to read together right now in 1 Kings chapter 17, verse 17 and 18. It says this, Sometime later, the son of the woman who owned the house became ill. He grew worse and worse and finally stopped breathing. She said to Elijah, What do you have against me, man of God? Did you come to remind me of my sin and kill my son? Now before this takes place, what happens is Elijah comes to her house. He's a prophet of God in the Old Testament. And she is thinking she's going to run out of food. She only has a little bit of flour and a little bit of oil. And he says, make me bread. And she makes him some bread. And she's like, but I'm going to run out. And the man of God, Elijah, says, you're never going to run out. And it was this miracle that took place. She saw this miracle. She saw God and experienced the miracle of God by never-ending flour and never-ending olive oil. Come on, how many know our grocery stores could use that right now? Never-ending flour and olive oil. And she was worried that it would run out. And Elijah said, hey, until, until the famine in the land is done, until rain is sent, you're going to have what you need. And she's like, awesome, all right. And then what happens? Her son passes away. Her son passes away. And I don't know about you, but I know in my life, when stuff like that happens, when big deals happen, I don't know about you, but one of the things that I do is this, and this is what the world does. The world blames God. Some of you are blaming God for the circumstance you're in. Some of you from the world are blaming God for something that was never His fault. I'm sorry for any Christian who has ever told you, well, that's just God's will. How dare us ever say that? It wasn't God's will that towers got ran into by planes. It wasn't God's will for hundreds of thousands of people to pass away from the coronavirus. Well, Pastor Chris, you don't know if it's God's judgment or not. Yeah, nor do you. Because we need to be faithful to God and realize that He loves us and He chose us and He sent His Son to put the cross there to not judge us any longer for our sin. He looks at us through His Son, Jesus Christ. Elijah came, helped this woman, and here he is in this situation that looked dismal, looked like it was never going to end. Her son is dead, and he's in this room with this woman. Well, what does he do? Let's read on. In verse 21 and 22, it says this, and I got it on the screen. It says, Then he stretched himself 
out on the boy three times. And he cried out to the Lord, Lord my God, let this boy's life return to him. The Lord heard Elijah's cry, and the boy's life returned to him, and he lived. Now, for those of you in child protective services, if somebody came to you and said, there was this old dude with the big beard that came and laid on my son three times, you're calling them, right? You're like, bring them to jail. This is a weird story, man. When I, every time I read this, and if you read about Elisha, not Elijah, Elijah's predecessor, the person that takes over for Elijah in 2 Kings, we read a very similar story. We don't know why, but if I had to guess... Here's my guess, and you want to know why? And I'm not. This is Chris's interpretation. This is not biblical right now. But what I really believe, what I think, is I think that woman, she was blaming God. And so what she said in her prayer that's not written in the Bible, I believe she said something like this, where she said, you know what, God? I'm asking you to heal my son, but the only way I'm ever going to believe it's you is if that man of God does something crazy. In fact, I want him to go in there seven times and lay on my son, and then if he does that, I'll believe He goes in there and does that, and she's like, are you kidding me? You see, number one, we live in a world that blames God. Number two, we live in a world that does not believe God. They don't believe God. You know, Christian ways do not matter to the world until the world matters to us Christians. Do they matter to us? Does the world matter to you? In what ways have you demonstrated your belief in Him? I've got to tell you, I've gone through some tough stuff in my life. You know, our firstborn, who wasn't firstborn, but was supposed to when we first got married, passed away. We miscarried. That was tough. I still struggle with my blame for God. And sometimes I go, God, was I a bad person? Did I have too much sin in my life? And I blame myself. And I go, God, maybe, maybe it was my fault. But then I have to realize that the cross of Christ is what God looks at when He looks at me. I don't know why we miscarried our first. I, I don't know. I don't have the answer for you. But I no longer blame God for it. I don't blame God right now for those of my family members, extended family, who I know are dying right now of cancer. Does it frustrate me? Do I not understand it? Yeah. But I can either blame God or I can believe in Him even when I don't understand. Because I don't have the map but I know who holds the map. And that's where I put my trust. I have to believe. You see, practical belief, in other words, practical belief is how are we demonstrating our beliefs to others? Maybe it's by reaching out. Maybe it's by dropping off toilet paper. Pastor Derek demonstrated a practical belief by delivering sugar-filled substances to our children this week. Love it. I love it. But I need you to realize something where you can't go, well, we need biblical beliefs, not just practical beliefs. Uh Uh-uh. Practical belief is biblical belief. Okay? Without action, your faith is completely useless. It's mentioned all over in the book of James. Let's read here this last verse. Verse 24 in 1 Kings 17. Then the woman said to Elijah, catch this, Now I know that you are a man of God and that the word of the Lord from your mouth is the truth. Why did she know it? Again, I think it's because she had a prayer, a little bit of a fleece she laid out to God. Like, God, if his prayer is like this, or he does this, then I'll believe. And not only that, but all of a sudden she watches the person she cares for the most, this widow with this son, raised to life. And as she's standing there, she goes, Lord, I believe. No longer do I blame you, but I believe. You see, this is the church. This is the representation of the church. 
We live in a world that blames God for our circumstances. We live in a world that's going, I need to believe in something. Are we showing them who to believe in? Are we showing them what to believe in? I want to show the world how real Jesus is, that they have no choice but to turn to Him. Especially during this crazy time that we're going through right now. You see, they blame God. They don't believe in God. However, this is a big one, the world knows that you and I belong to God. They know. They're studying you. They're following you. They're watching your Instagram feed. Ah! They're watching your Facebook feed. Ah! They're watching how you drive. Ah! They're watching what comes out of your mouth. Ah! They're watching you. And they should be. So are you demonstrating and representing Christ? Are we? Are we? Let, let, me, let me just bring it really real for a moment. Some of you vote red. Some of you vote blue. And I'll tell you what, I am actually ashamed of some of the things I have seen on Facebook and social media and all over people bashing the president because they vote blue. And they're going, man, I can't believe him and this and that and that. And it's Christians doing it. And then on the other side, we've got Christians who vote red who are bashing the governor who's a Democrat. And they're bashing him. I dare you to write something positive about somebody you disagree with. Come on! We need to be the church. Okay? We're missing out on a great opportunity because you know what they see? They look at us and they go, well, that's no different than the world. I don't have time for that. We need to be different than the world. And if we're not, we're missing out on how God has called us to shine and be the ones who have the hope of the world and that's Jesus Christ. Nowhere else are you going to find that. Come on, man. Let's keep it real. Whatever you sow, you will reap. Are you sowing positivity? Are you sowing scriptures? Are you sowing words of encouragement? Are you bashing the other side that you don't agree with? Are you getting into big arguments? Let God lead you where He needs to lead you. Here's your part this morning. I'm asking you to do this. I'm begging you. I can't make you do this. I can't motivate those who aren't motivated. But I can ask the Holy Spirit to convict you. And I pray He does that this morning as you're watching. Here's how. Here's the practical things. Remember, the practical things are the spiritual biblical things. Invite. Are you inviting people to join you every week right now? How easier is it than now? you got to be like, hey friend, hey Bob, hey Sue, hey Mary, come with me to church. You don't even have to walk through the doors. Do you realize for the first time in church, we're not getting people through our doors, we're going through theirs. So come on, man. That's what we're called to do right now. We're called to be the church, not just do church. Invite. Continue to give. Continue to give, man. Those of you that have a gift in giving, utilize that. It's needed right now, not just for our church. If you're part of another church, or you've helped other nonprofit organizations, or you support missionaries right now on your own, don't stop that, man. They depend on that. That's a gift that God has given you. Are you praying right now? Are you praying for me? Are you praying for Pastor Derek? Are you praying for the church? Are you praying for the community? This week is Teacher Appreciation Week. We were planning on doing tacos on on, uh, May 5th to the entire school. We can't do that now. We wanted to. Are we praying for our teachers? Are we praying for our janitors? Are we praying for our custodians, if you will? Are you praying for the bus drivers? Are you praying for all those who don't have income right now? Are Are we praying? Are we seeking God? He has the answer when we don't. Are we growing closer to Jesus? Are we growing closer to Him? And I would, I would urge you to grow closer to Jesus. There's one thing that you can do this week, and the one thing that I'm going to do as well. Take one meal 
this week or something to you and fast it this week. Just fast it. Say, God, I want to grow closer to you during this time, not further away from you. There's never an in-between. You're either growing closer to him or further away. There's no neutral. So let's fast. Fast a meal. Fast social media for a day. Fast scrolling through. Fast the media, dear God, for one day. I think God would bless you for that. What areas are you willing to help with right now in the church? And I'm going to say this very pointedly this morning. Some of you come into church and I say every Sunday when you're here, I say, hey, some of you just need to receive right now. However, right now is not the time for you to receive. Right now, God has empowered you as an army to give, to get out of your comfort zone, to get into the world, not be a part of the world, but in the world and help those that need you. It's not your time to receive. In fact, this is what God has destined us for, for such a time as this, to step up and be the church. You can receive later, but right now you need to put your receiving on hold and go and be the church. I really believe that's for some of you right now. Don't miss the opportunity when you're too focused on the obstacle. The opportunity that God has us to get in the home of every person in our community and school is awesome right now. Who are you planning to invite when we meet again? Who are you inviting right now online? You know? And continue to do those things. Here's what I want to end with in the last two minutes I have. A lot of you have heard me share this before, but it's a great reminder to keep the vision in front of us of what we're running after as a church. Remember, we're serving a world right now that's blaming God. We're serving a world right now that doesn't believe in God. And they're watching all of us because they know we belong to God. And so keep that at the forefront of your mind. Here's what I want to finish with. And this is what I see as the Bridge Church. Some of you have heard this before. This is a great reminder. If you haven't heard this before, get this into your spirit. Here we go. I see a church that's made up of 10% of this community. I see a church that's more interested in the one story than the many. I see a church made up of real people in love with the real God. I see a church that opens its heart to visitors and those that are seeking. I see a church filled with disciples who develop others. I see a church that blesses the surrounding community through outreach. I see a church that practices what it preaches. I'm preaching to myself right now, brother and sister. Come on. I see a church that's an example to other churches. I see a church full of life and full of energy and is constantly growing younger. Come on, we got Derek here, man. All right. I see a church that is not afraid of taking risks and wants to live without regret. I see a church that keeps the main thing the main thing, and that's Jesus Christ. I see a church that does not fear and experience with the Holy Spirit. I see a church that does not fear intimacy with the Father. I see a church that does not waver on its convictions. I see a church that the community would miss if it ceased to exist. I see a church that's not afraid of God-sized dreams. I see a church that Christians committed to Christ that are not wavered in the storm. Come on, somebody. I see a church that brings about such a revival that the moment you drive through this community, you sense the presence of God. I see a church that is living out its potential. I see a church that puts God at the center of every Every single decision. I see a church that gives beyond its human capability and yet still tries to outgive God. I see a church that lifts one another up in the bad times and rejoices with each other in the good. I see a church where people finally find a place that fits. I see a church where the kids and the youth are the focus and not the afterthought. I see a church that is fully surrendered to whatever God would ask us to do. I see a church that plants other churches and sends out leaders. I see a church of leaders that know no limits in what they can accomplish together. I see a church that does not fear but allows God's love, God's perfect love to cast out fear. I see a church that loves you where you are at but loves you enough not to leave you there. I see a church that helps bring healing and restoration. I see a church that allows the family unit to become all it's meant to be. I see you. Come on. Come on. Here's the deal. I'm a minute over. I got one person yelling hallelujah. Thank you, Pastor Derek. I love it. We got a great audience today. 
The number of our church is 763-753-2134. 763-753-2134. You need to make it right with God today. Just text yes. We want to pray with you. God, I thank you for every person that's tuning in today. Would you bless them right where they're at? Would you give them everything they need? Holy Spirit, would you sustain them? Would you lead them? Those that need jobs right now, not only provide what they need, but give a, bless them even more. God, for those that are sick, would you heal them? For those that have people in a nursing home, Lord, give them grace. Bind us together, Lord, as your church. Let us be the bridge church. God, bless our time together today. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. I love you all. Have a great rest of your Sunday, everybody. Bye-bye. This has been a podcast of The Bridge Church. Have a great week. Stop in Sunday sometime and visit. If you would like to give, you can do so online at sfbridge.org. Have a great week.